Hello, welcome to One Day in Dallas, a 10-part series in which we dive into the events of November 22, 1963, a day that lives on in infamy, tragedy, and mystery. But what actually happened on that day? Who really shot the 35th President of the United States? Was it Lee Harvey Oswald, and why would someone or someones want the leader of the free world dead? And where do you start on this 60-year, almost 60-year mystery? Let's turn back time. 1963, November, the 21st. President John F. Kennedy has just left Washington for Texas. He arrives in San Antonio. The crowd greets the president and First Lady Jackie. That afternoon, he departs from San Antonio en route to Houston. Arrives in Houston, gigantic reception, nothing too out of the ordinary for the president coming. He delivers a speech at the League of United Latin American Citizens, and Jackie also addressed the League in Spanish. They stay in Fort Worth for the night, then they're off to Dallas in the morning. But why start here? I start here because it's the last full day John Fitzgerald Kennedy has to live. Now, let's get to the fateful day. The giant crowd greets President Kennedy outside his hotel in Fort Worth. He gives what will be his last speech to the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce and boards Air Force One for the short flight to Dallas. He arrives at 11.37 a.m. In a mere hour and 30 minutes, he will be dead. Let's now get to our setting ourselves. There was a very warm welcome for the President and First Lady in Dallas. Although behind schedule, Kennedy ran to the fence and shook hands with the public. They depart for downtown Dallas via motorcade as the motorcade turns on Elm Street. Nellie Connolly, the wife of of Governor Connolly, says to President Kennedy, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you, Mr. President. As the motorcade turns on Elm Street, it passes by the Texas School Book Depository. At approximately 12.30 p.m., three shots ring out. The first shot hits Kennedy in the back of the neck, exiting through the front, hitting Governor Connolly. At this point, Kennedy puts his hands up to his throat and folds towards Mrs. Kennedy. It is a matter of seconds before the second shot rings out, and another matter of seconds before the third shot rings out, which proves to be fatal to President Kennedy. He is rushed to Partland Memorial Hospital, where he is pronounced dead at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. Just a mere 30 minutes after the shooting, Kennedy is pronounced dead. His wife is husbandless. His children, Caroline and John Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr., left fatherless. Now, we know what happened. Let's look into the man who shot Kennedy, allegedly. Lee Harvey Oswald. Born on October 18, 1939 in New Orleans, Lee Harvey Oswald enlisted into the Marines a week after his 17th birthday. He served in the Marines from 1956 until September 11, 1959, where he got a hardship discharge from active service under the claim that his mother needed care. Oswald traveled to the Soviet Union just before age 20 in 1959. This is where everything starts to get a little murky. On October 31st, 1959, Oswald travels to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Shortly after, he grew weary of the Soviet Union and went back to the United States. 
In March of 1963, he tries to assassinate out, outspoken anti-communist Edwin Walker. He returns to New Orleans shortly after the assassination attempt on Walker. He gets involved with the Fair Play for Cuba committee, comes out as a Marxist on national TV at one point. Oswald defends Castro on the radio, and here's when things start to go awry. He goes so far as to get in touch with the anti-Castro organization on August 56. Goes to Mexico City and gets rejected by both the Cuban consulate and the Rogers Embassy. Oswald moves back to the U.S. after his visa expires. This is around four days after he gets rejected. On October 3rd, Lee Oswald comes back to the city of Dallas. Checks into the YMCA for a couple days, and he gets a rooming house. Afterwards, he gets a job at the school at the Texas School Book Depository. Thursday, October tw- November 21st, the day before the assassination, he meets his wife Marina at their friend Ruth Payne's house in Irving, which is around a 20-minute drive from the depository. He asks his wife Marina on three separate occasions to come to Dallas with him the next morning, and promised that if he did, if she did, he would get an apartment the next day. Still f- upset after a fight they had had. Marina refused all three times. He leaves in the early hours of November 22nd, 1963, after saying goodbye to both his son and his wife Marina, still asleep. He hitches a ride with one of his co-workers, carrying an oblong-shaped brown bag. Once asked about the bag, he said they were curtain rods he needed for his rooming house to his co-worker. Once they arrived, he spent the morning filling book orders. Around noon, the rest of the Oswald's co-workers went to lunch, and he asked for the elevator to be brought back up. At this point, Kennedy had just landed in left field. The sixth-floor window has been screened off with books, the same floor where witnesses claimed to see a rifle after the shooting at Kennedy. The, president motorcade, the presidential motorcade slows as it passes by the depository for a few short seconds. 12.30. Bang. 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 Once the shooting is over, he proceeds down the stairs, where a policeman stops him before let, being let go after Oswald's superior vouched for him that he was an employee. The rifle was later found behind some boxes. Within three minutes of the fatal shot, Oswald was not only able to walk out of the front door, but was able to catch a bus, then a taxi after the bus got caught in the commotion of it all. He gets dropped off a couple of blocks from his rooming house in Oak Cliffs, he grabs his .38 revolver, a light zipper jacket, and proceeds to leave. Cl- note, this is the same room where Oswald claimed he needed electric curtain rods. Now, the depository was sealed off. There was a description of the alleged assassin that's given out. A white male, brown hair, 5'6 to 5'8, weighing around 160, fl- 160 pounds. On the sixth floor, some detectives find a makeshift shield around the sixth floor window arranged so no one could see anyone down in the firing position. Now, this is this is where it gets gruesome. Around this time, police officer J.T. Tippett sees Oswald walking on a road and pulls over his squad car. J- Tippett begins to talk to Oswald. A couple of seconds go by before Tippett gets out of his squad car, making his way to Lee. Lee proceeds to shoot and kill Officer J.D. Tippett. He looks over at his work. He surveys the scene, grabs his jacket, and leaves it at a gas station, where it would later be found. 
He ducks in and out of stores for a while before making his way into a Texas movie theater where someone sees him purchase without enter without a ticket. Said individual calls the police. Oswald, trying to take out his revolver, gets subdued by police. They take him into custody. At this point, he is yelling things such as police brutality and is this America. Police get Oswald to the police station. He gets interrogated. Police find his rifle at the scene of the crime. Around midnight of the 22nd, he is brought upon the press after being charged with the murder of J.D. Tippett. Jack Ruby was there that night. Sunday, November 24th, 10 a.m. Oswald was scheduled to be transferred to the county jail. At 11.27th, Jack Ruby has exited the Western Union close to the, to the police office. Jim Lavelle brings Oswald down the elevator over an hour late. At 11.31, Oswald is shot by Jack Ruby. He's transferred to Parker Memorial Hospital. Just two days after the alleged killing of Kennedy, Oswald himself is pronounced dead at Parkland Memorial. The next day, a morning country says its final goodbyes to President Kennedy. His body was taken through Washington, D.C. and laid to the breast at Arlington National Cemetery, where a eternal flame burns today. Oswald was laid to rest in what is now Rose Hill Cemetery in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, next week's episode, we're going to dive into the Warren Commission and the magic bullet theory.